0: Gardeners, farmers, compost enthusiasts, and growers, welcome to The Healthy Garden, the show where soil is important and growing a healthier world is job one. Hello, hungry gardeners. Growing food is no joke. That is why today we bring you episode number 26, How to Grow Healthy Food at Home. It is one of the most critical jobs that we human beings have on the planet. Our sustenance, our family sustenance, it's critical. But what is sustenance? From my dear friends at Merriam-Webster, sustenance is a noun. A means of support, maintenance, or subsistence. Living, food, provisions, the act of sustaining. Supplying or being supplied with the necessaries of life. Something that gives support, endurance, or strength. Okay. So if that is what we're doing by growing food, then wouldn't it make sense to do it in the healthiest way? I think if we're going to grow food, especially in a time of a global pandemic, maybe it's time to ask ourselves, why am I doing this? Health, food, Food security, safety. Two, what am I going to grow? What are important crops? Are they fast? Are they strong? Are they a necessity? Three, what can I grow? What grows in my regions? Bananas don't grow in Green Bay. Four, what am I going to grow in? In the ground, beds, containers, all of the above. Five, what products do I have to grow in or fertilize with? Six, do I have seeds? Can I even grow from seed? Seven, can I get starts? Is my nursery open? Are they available for drive-by shopping? Eight, how soon will I have food? Are there two-week tomato varieties? Nine, Once this passes, will I still grow? Or even if you've been growing, will you ratchet it up? Maybe join a gardening group? Ten, will you grow organic? True organic. Will you finally really assess what you've been doing or about to do? Are you growing really, truly healthy food? Well, healthy food takes healthy inputs, gang. If you've listened to this show, then you know that we are truth tellers. We don't candy coat the lies of growing faux organic or conventionally. Once you know the truth, you can't take it back. If you don't want the truth, then turn this podcast off right now. On this program, I tell you what I use and what I believe in. The one thing I will guarantee you always, I won't be telling you to use bags of human crap or faux organic products that have toxins in them from conventional ag waste. No, here we care about you, your health, your well-being, your safety. So here on the Healthy Garden Podcast, I'll be telling you the truth.
1: It's Norma, biological farmer and producer of the Healthy Garden Podcast. In my first experience growing food, I made several errors. I watered my 4 by 6 foot plot every day, and therefore the soil turned anaerobic. I also planted my entire plot out at once and didn't leave any space for succession planting. So after three months, I ended up harvesting everything, and I had to start over and wait another three months to eat from it, whereas my neighbors' plots were constantly giving since they kept sowing seeds and planting every three weeks. Three, I didn't plan out what I liked, so I ended up with a lot of food that I didn't care for just for the sake of growing it. And four, I grew in city compost mixed with a soil that claimed to be organic without asking them enough questions. So if you're going to grow for the first time, check the soil for dryness before any watering. Grow using succession planting. Plan to grow just what you really like to eat or juice. And four, lastly, Grow using a true organic, non-GMO soil medium, like baby booze potting soil.
0: So people have been eating plants forever, in a new study published in the journal, Scientific Reports, scientists from Frankfurt, analyzed the diets of cavemen. And what they gleaned was that cavemen had a very plant-heavy diet, and they believed that it may be one of the keys to them avoiding extinction. Me, personally, I don't really like the term caveman myself. But my point is that we've been eating plants for sustenance for a very long time. For me, the problem with growing food at home is that modern man is always looking for a quick option or worse, in today's world, a cheap option. Like I always tell you, you get what you pay for. And if you buy cheap crap generally, that is what you are getting, cheap crap. I'm going to give you my tips, my steps to growing healthy food, in our third segment, but before I do that, I want to give you a little historical perspective on growing food at home. If you've been listening to our podcast, then you know that in colonial times in America, they had very small enclosed dooryard gardens that were they were right outside the front doors, and they were just for essential edibles and medicinal herbs. In the early 1800s, and the settlers started to move and push out to the west, they still had very simple gardens and they were still very close to the door so they could protect them, maintain them, and easily harvest plants. It was all about sustenance. The mid-1800s, gardening finally became a little bit more of a leisure activity and the food gardens kind of fell out of favor and more ornamental gardens started to take over. By 1860, with all these new ornamental gardens, pest control became an issue for the first time. And dried, crumpled chrysanthemum flower heads, known as pyrethrum, they were starting to be imported for botanical protection against pests. For me, that's where a lot of the problems started. By the late 1800s, the home garden became way, way more elaborate because of old Queen Victoria spread over to the U.S. from the U.K. In 1897, the Royal Horticultural Society celebrated Queen Victoria's Diamond Jubilee with a show at the Crystal Palace. Here, the famous seedsman, Arthur Sutton, delivered a talk on the cultivation of vegetables during Her Majesty's reign. He went through all the different great new varieties that were there. One of the highlights was how he talked about the peas, that back in 1837, they were so hard and so dry when, when cooked, one type of pea, they called it buckshot peas. Now, he said, proudly, There are countless tender green varieties. He said that more with a British accent. He said, though, the single biggest change in growing vegetables, which is interesting because it's a fruit, was the tomato. In 1852, he noted it was barely cultivated, and now it could be found in almost every garden, from the cottager's garden upward to the Queen's. The other thing that was fantastic that he gave in his address to the queen was he talked about growing fruit on dwarf rootstocks and that he was introducing an ever wider audience of people to this new type of gardening. Today, we still do that when you guys go out there to a nursery or if you're ordering stuff from the nursery online and you are looking for fruit trees, we were shopping for some fruit trees today. And a lot of those, how do you get them? Are they grown on different root stocks? They certainly are, depending on what you're buying. So it goes all the way back, guys. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. The next piece that happened to all of us is World War II came along. And we got into the Victory Garden program. As you know, here in the United States, in 1943, there were 20 million Victory Gardens that supplied more than 40% of all the American produce grown that year. That's amazing, right? So here we are at a time where we really need to grow food. And here, because we have an epidemic that... Prey is also on people's weakened immune systems. We need to grow really healthy food. In the 1950s and 60s after World War II, a whole new type of gardening happened in America as technology took over and in the gardener's mind simplified and improved the home gardener's success with all of these different product innovations. And that's when we started to see all these insecticides and fungicides come out and be given to the home gardeners for the first time. Gardening stayed pretty much along that path, up and down, until we hit into the 2000s, which is interesting because that's also when the organic program started around the globe, really, and started here in America. Uh, In Europe, it was a little bit earlier. But edible gardens started to come back, And by 2013, one-third of the homes in the United States were growing food. Again, my question is, were those one-third of the homes growing healthy food? Not necessarily, in my opinion. But the steps on how to do that, next.
1: Hi, it's Norma. If you want to grow food in ground, add one inch of compost to the area that you're going to plant out. Then break up the soil if it's the first time you're growing there. Then water the entire area to get the microbes in the compost to start working into the soil. After watering every other day for one week, you can plant your seedlings into the ground. I use Malibu compost, Booze Blend Compost, and it does the job perfectly. After every season, add one inch again on top, and you can now plant right into the soil. The longer you grow your soil in the ground, the better it gets as larger soil microorganisms start to help aerate and decompact your soil, turning it into beautiful, crumbly, rich soil.
0: let's go back to the beginning of the episode and the 10 reasons why we're growing food. And I'm going to fill in the blanks and take you through how I grow clean, safe, true organic and non GMO healthy food in my garden at home. By the way, I don't mean grow GMO crops. When I say non GMO, what I mean is how to keep the dangerous pesticides and herbicide residues from products that contain agricultural waste or ag waste in them that have these residues. So let's look at the list. One, why am I doing this? So why are we really doing this? You know, this is one of those ones where I I think you got to dig deep. I know why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I want to grow clean, safe, healthy food where I control the inputs and my family and me, we can all get something great from that. So that's the reason that I grow food because I trust myself and the people in my family as farmers to grow healthy food. Two, what am I going to grow? So I look at that as a simple question. And for us, we grow what we eat. We don't grow stuff that we don't eat. We don't waste the space. Space is very important, especially in the smaller home gardens. Most of us aren't on a half an acre or an acre or three acres. We're on much smaller parcels of land. So what we are going to grow is really important. Don't be wasteful. Don't you know, I don't pick stuff out that I know we're not going to eat. So anything that goes in, and we plant it out. See, that's the other thing too. When we did the intentional gardening episode, we visualize. We look at it. We walk it out. We take. You know, when we need to grow, a, a, create a new bed or a new container area or whatever, we've already visualized that and seen it and seen that crop. And I've tasted that stuff in my juices or in a salad way before we ever put a seed in a speed tray or put a plug into the ground. Number three, what can I grow? We have to look at what grows in our region. What zone are we in? You can skirt the sunset zones a little bit here and a little bit there, but also what's the microclimate of your yard? How well do we actually know our yards, right? Because our yards change over the seasons and if you live in a place like where where I live, you can grow year round. But a lot of you guys can't, so you have to grow in cold frames. You have to do all kinds of stuff, and you have shortened seasons. So know what grows. Don't grow varieties that won't do well because all that does is waste space and waste your time and doesn't give you what you need. And also, it could, if it doesn't do well, create health issues in the garden in terms of pest or disease. Number five, what products do I have to grow in? So that's a great thing. For a lot of people, I've actually had people invite me into their little storage shed to show me the products they grow in. And for any of you guys who've met me personally, you know, I don't hold back. I just say it the way it is, right? So I've had a couple of people who become very dear friends of mine. But when I first walk into into their shed to look at what they've got to grow with in their their shed for their garden, I literally told them, one of my friends specifically I'm thinking about, to take it all out and either throw it away at the dump or give it to someone that you hate very much. So, if you're going to grow organic then grow to true organic. Okay? One of the things that you should have to grow in at home is you should have a compost pile. You should have a worm bin. We have both of those and they work. If you have leaves, you know, take a, take a, uh, a trash can or, or, or bags and, and, and use your leaves if, if you need areas where you can go ahead and crunch those up or put them through a shredder or just put them down as they are in the garden. Save those kinds of things. Number six, do I have seeds or can I grow from seeds? Yes, of course you can you can either get some lights to start out you know it depending on your season where you are to start them indoors or if you live, like where I live, in a climate where you have pretty decent sun, pretty good exposure, and it's fairly warm, you can start them outside. We start most of our seeds for most of the year outside. In the winter, yes, you can come in and do some under the lights and let them get their start, and also under a heat mat. Get Let those guys get a good start. But yes, you can grow from seed. And the other great thing about learning to grow from seed is that you start to want to collect seed, and the things that you guys really love that you grow in your garden, those are the things that you're going to save. And a cool thing is, is think about this. You are growing in your yard. You have stuff you love. You have stuff your, your, your kids love, or your wife loves, or, 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 or your friends love. And guess what? You start to collect those things, and they become your heirlooms. They become your prized possessions. Those are things that you aren't going to want to part with when you have something that's phenomenal. That you want to grow over and over and over seven can i get starts so in a time right now this is very interesting because we're at a place where most nurseries right now that here in the states you have to call up your nursery or go online and make an order most places are still getting their organic starts It's okay. It's a great way to cheat to get things going really quickly. What we do in our garden is we shake most of that dirt off as much as we can without harming that little start. And we have really good soil in our beds or in our containers. And then what we do is we plant those guys into there. So as much as we can get rid of the stuff, because most Nurseries, even supposed organic nurseries who do organic starts, most of them use really crappy soil. And that's just a reality. But using starts is a great cheat. Just make sure they're organic. We do it. When we needed to, to, you know, we, we created a couple of new beds here, and in some of those, in some of the areas, we put in some starts that we got. We shook off that soil. We put them in, and right away, we teed them, put them in great soil, and they're going. The compost tea gets those guys going immediately. How soon will I have food? This is a great question, because a lot of times, especially when we're in a time like this, a time of crisis, where we're thinking like, okay, I need food. And for me, you know, even though the food chain is still going here in, in, in America today, I think to myself like, well, is the organic food chain going to continue? Is there enough organic food or is there going to be so much conventional uh, stuff, you know, dumped on the market that that's what's got to be sold? So I want to make sure that I have plenty of true organic, real healthy food to eat so look and see you can get lettuces in 28 days guys you know if you're going if you you know you can get most tomatoes no you're not going to get insta tomatoes you've got some that'll be 60 days most of them are in the 70 days okay but you're going to get tomatoes and if you get them going now and start your seeds now great or if you have a chance to get organic tomato starts get them do that little shake and bake and put them in and get them going. The main thing is to get them going. Number nine, once this passes, will I still grow? Will I still feel that I need to grow? You know, or if I've been growing, will I keep looking at how I grow as an organic gardener? Now, I keep telling you guys all the time on the show, you know, Know who you're buying stuff from. Know what you're buying, okay? I always tell you guys, do not use bone meal, blood meal, feather meal, because they come from conventional ag. Those animals eat GMO feedstocks. They are all sprayed with glyphosate, and you do not want that in your food production. Look at soil products. What kind of animal component do they have in them? Do they come from conventional farms? If you have a bagged product or a product that has green waste in it, where was the green waste source? This is where the rubber meets the road if you are organic. You know, it's like I say to people all the time with the pregnancy test. You either are or you aren't. You know, faux organic is faux organic, gang. You may as well just be going conventional. Can I have another shot of Roundup, please, bartender? And number 10, will you grow organic, true organic? Will you keep assessing what it is you're doing? As I said to you guys, I started out as a landscaper. It's been a long, slow burn to where we are today, to where I am today. But I I keep being, being willing to learn. I keep being willing to change. I keep opening up my protocols, my mind. I kind of tune in and listen to my intuition. And a lot of times when we get brought onto projects where we have to create organic protocols, a lot of it is using intuition and using knowledge from a lot of failure and a lot of success. I don't ever, I look at things and and I look at things and go, hey, what's important? So I, again, I always tell you guys, don't waste soil. Here's another little tip. If you have to transplant stuff out, save that soil that you're going to upsize from and transplant from and use it. Recharge it. Use a really good mineral source. Use a really good kelp meal. Use a really good, clean, organic, non-GMO alfalfa meal. Use castings that are really good. In fact, get your own worm bin started. Use really good compost. Use compost tea. There are things out there that don't come in a bottle, don't come in a box. Well, some good things come in a box, but there's a lot of stuff that comes out there from all these different companies that are just trying to grab your dough. They want to grab your money and make you think, hey, you need this. And a lot of times when you see stuff that's all over the board in terms of pricing, I can always tell you what, the stuff that costs the most is generally the best. Okay? And the stuff that you can get at the big box stores is never the best. Ever. Don't use it. Costco is not going to sell you anything that's worthy of putting in an organic garden. Okay? And for the most part, either is the depot or Lowe's. Go to your local nursery, get good stuff, go online. And if you're going to buy stuff from somebody online, buy it from the source. So that's it, gang. Grow healthy food. You have zero excuse not to. If you do what I've discussed today, you will be a new steward of the earth. You will be that person, that gardener who have the courage to change and to do it better, do it right, do it for real. I pray that all of you and your families and friends make it through this crisis and that when it's all over, we will remember the good things that came out of this nightmare. The being with family, the talking, communicating, loving, caring, kindness, slowing down the pace of the insanity that was life. This has been the first time for many people, especially the youth, that they got to see that the world is a fragile place. That we are living, breathing, feeling beings. And as such, we need to lift our head away from the phone screen and live. Learn to do things. Become a badass when it comes to the survival aspects of our life. We all play a part. When things get back to normal, don't go back to buying crap or using crap. Make compost at home, repurpose what you have. And when you need to buy something, buy the best. My hope is that we are all less wasteful, we're more caring, we're less stressed, we're far more spirit-filled, and that we'll continue to grow healthy food at home.
1: That concludes this episode of the Healthy Garden Podcast. Please post your questions on the Healthy Garden podcast pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join us next week to learn more about how you can free yourself from the chemical and synthetic trap that's been set to keep you from growing a true organic and healthy garden. Until then, happy and healthy gardening.